0: This is Action Sports Jax on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane.
1: Welcome to Action Sports Jax on ESPN 690. Happy Wednesday. As you can tell, I'm in the studio right now. If you're watching our live feeds, our live feeds even up yet, Coos, or streams, what are you calling them uh, now? Y- yeah. Yeah. Brett Martineau will be joining us momentarily, coming to you live from the Porsche dealership. Now, should I be there? Absolutely. Did I forget we're over there? You better believe it. Was it in the email this morning? Well, not really. So I'll take a majority of the blame, but I'm like Ron Burgundy, man. If you don't give me something the day of and put it up there for me to read, I gonna read it. And I mean, and I read the rundown today, but I didn't see that we're at the Porsche dealership. So my bad, but actually it's the universe talking to us because as Brent's having some technical difficulties, I'll be spearheading the show until he comes back on. And I guess the, you know, the, the real, the news of the day, you can go to a couple topics here. We got... You know, maybe a coach in Chicago, in La Rusa causing some waves, causing some problems, which is ironic because they're having a pretty good year. But has he drawn, like, has he gone overboard? You know, we're used to that a little bit here in Jackson when we had Tom Coughlin. Um, does it make sense to hire the old school guy? Could that be a cancer in the locker room? Or does the wealth of experience have some kind of positive um, on your team? We'll talk about that a little bit, but let's get into the big story. And I'm looking right at Coos when I say this. And it's not really a big story, but it's a big story for me. Coos, how many balloons, presents, and everything that's going on right now in your office, man? You, it looks like you're at a Dollar General right now.
2: It, it's adding a tad bit of stress to what I'm trying to do right now. Yeah. I'm going to be honest.
1: Well, hey, first of all, happy birthday. Thank you. Number two, who are the balloons from?
2: Uh, Nicole. That By, was my very wife, nice. And my wife. She's getting some blue. I mean, was her gift with that, too, or just some Well, blues? So, so now what I'm, what I'm really confused about is there's a box here that says PGA order on it. Okay. okay. But Brent Martineau's name is on the top of the box. So I think <laughs> – and here's
1: the thing. I got a tweet this morning. Um, there's probably instructions in this tweet. It's like a, like like a DM, by the way, your girlfriend, or I'm sorry, your wife now was in my DMs. Uh, it's oh. not a big deal though. Um, <laughs> but she's, she had something delivered to the station that had Brent's name on it. So mm, that should be your excuse. So I, I, don't know if you wanna, I don't know if you want to pop that open on, my, on live radio. You want to wait till later, whatever the case well, may be.
2: I mean, at this point, I'm, I'm trying to get Brent on first and and sure. then we'll, we'll tackle one thing at a time. Sounds like a plan.
1: Yeah, you just keep trying to get Brent on <laughs> and, and I'll keep talking here. But last night, the big story to me was obviously the NBA playoffs. Right. Uh, the, the whole year, what have I heard? And I've had it rubbed in my face a little bit what's up with ball, right? I mean, rookie of the year, Charlotte Hornets, can they make some waves? Like, this is why the play-in tournament was invented. It was invented for moments like that, where it's the Charlotte Hornets, uh, an extremely young team, obviously, um, you know, a team that's really been on the back burner, it seems like, for the past decade or so, even though Michael Jordan, you know, essentially runs that organization. But then they draft LaMelo Ball. And now, all of a sudden, for the most part, the Hornets are somewhat on the map again. Yes, they got Gordon Hayward, but he didn't obviously play last night. They got LaMelo Ball. Um, you know, they got Cody Zeller, Miles Bridges, but they're not a lot of household names. Well, then you got Ball coming in, and also now they're kind of a cool team. And, like, last night, to me, was the chance for him to really showcase who he is um, and, you know, kind of have that, I don't want to call it like a Luka Donich performance, but, you know, like this is what the playoffs are made for. It's the next big star. It's the next rising thing. Well, with all due respect to Lamella Ball last night, four for 14. 14 points. Yeah, he went to the free throw line a little bit. Congratulations. One rebound and four assists. After I had Brent Martineau and Justin Kuzar telling me that he's more popular than Zion Williamson. Now, maybe once again I'm just naive. Maybe I'm the one wasn't fantasy the last one. Wasn't. Even after that playoff <laughs> performance last night, Kuz, and we're sitting here right now. Who would you say the more popular players? Now, keep in mind, one of them was made to be a superhero in the ESPN. What was it? DC Marvel, whatever that was.
2: Yeah, he also he also got into Fortnite. Enzyme Williams is in Fortnite. Yeah, well, going so, to be. Yeah. Can we rest the debate right now? Then? <laughs> uh, I, he's more popular, yes. And and what I would say but, is, and, and, and a bigger star right now. Sure. Uh, okay. Yeah. Thank but you I much. would I would say. Um, what we saw from Lamelo was was a rookie getting his first experience in the playoffs. You sure. Know?
1: Yeah. No, and that's going to happen. And and once again, props to your boy T.J. McConnell. I mean, do we bring back the box score breakdown? Eight for twelve, five rebounds, three assists, and seventeen points. MVP of the season. Okay. Okay. okay relax <laughs> though a little bit. Because keep in mind, this was a blowout game, all right? So when it's a blowout game, you're going to rest some of your guys, you get some more of the, the bench dudes in there, and T.J. McConnell got his time. He had 25 minutes last night. But very impressive. I watched a lot of that game because I wanted to see if T.J. McConnell was going to come in, and much to my chagrin, he did. On the other side of the bracket, Boston Celtics, Washington Wizards. I did not see that happening last night. Because, Kuz, what were we all talking about? You know, is anybody be able to stop Russell Westbrook? Like, once, once Russell Westbrook gets in playoff mode, um, you know, are they going to be a formidable team that you don't want to go against? And I think we both agreed Like, yeah, the, the correct answer was yes. Well, I guess we forgot about Jason Tatum. I guess we forgot about 50 points, 8 rebounds, and 4, four assists. That, yeah. and, and, you know, like, uh, man, I don't know what it is about the Celtics. Maybe you can clue me in a little bit. I always feel like they're slept on. Like, let's be honest, Coos. in the East right now? What is it? Seventy Sixers, Nets. You know, a little bit of the Bucks. That's what we're talking
2: about, right? Those, those would be the top three. Yes,
1: yeah. and they, well, they're the top three teams. Number right? one, but like number two, like we're not talking about the Nets at all. Like, have we talked about the Nets all um, the Nets, the Celtics all season?
2: Uh, there has been talks of the Celtics not living up to the hype this year because of last year. They were one of the top teams. People thought they were going to be. You know. The team to do it, you yeah. know, they thought this was their year to really make that leap and really contend. And they've just kind of not lived up to their own hype, essentially, this entire season. So, mm-hmm. you know, the the chance was always there with the Celtics. And I, and it doesn't surprise me that they won, Um, you know, the, the Wizards were the hotter team at the moment. But the talent wise, it felt like the Celtics had it and had the experience and, you know, not necessarily taking into account the, the season, the struggling season they had this year. They were the better team,
1: and for some reason, I guess I always get you know. I mean, obviously, when Jalen Brown went with this it was like a wrist injury, right, mm-hmm. or like a broken hand, and he was out for the season. I mean, I don't know why a part of me thought, oh, <laughs> there it is. I mean, goodbye, Celtics. Mm-hmm. But then you forget they have guys like Marcus Smart, they have Jason Tatum, or even Tristan Thompson stepping up a little bit. Like you know, the, it almost reminds me, and it's probably even upgraded version, but like it reminds me a little bit. Of the Toronto Raptors, where mm-hmm. they're a collection of talent, obviously led by Jason Tatum, a la Kwai Leonard, but then there's a lot of key contributor key contributors, a lot of role playing guys, but they all have their part. And it's spearheaded by, you know, a guy that we always talk about, um as their head coach who's in my opinion. Yeah, he hasn't won the big one he's, yet.
2: He's honestly, I thought he was in the hot seat. If if they were not to flame out here and lose last night, yeah. I, I was convinced he'd be in a little bit of a hot seat.
1: But isn't that crazy that we're having that conversation with Brad Stevens? Mm-hmm. Because I mean, let's be honest though, like. But I feel um, like it's.
2: I feel like it's the same for you guys over with Boudinholz. You think he, it's warranted? Yeah, yeah, it's warranted. I yeah. mean, if they if they lose it or or don't live up to the hype, the expectation that was there again. Yeah. Then then you move on. I mean, the 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 Raptors did it, right? The Raptors had the, one of the best records, and their their coach won Coach of the Year, and well, they still of the year, changed it. Oh, yeah. well, and guess what? And it panned out. Yeah. It's just, man, it, you know,
1: it is the ultimate boomer bust in the NBA. I feel like, Coos, because you can finish first or second in your conference, but if you're not going to the title and winning titles, you're right, Coos. You're you're absolutely gone. And like, it. Yeah. What, where else are we gonna see that in? You know, like in the NFL, if you win your division titles and Let's say you go to the AFC Championship game every single year. Like, yeah, that's like. Listen, no one's gonna say let's can Matt Lafleur right now, right? Like, yes, there's there a lot of drama with Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers, but nobody's going. Well, let's get rid of Matt Lafleur. He went to back-to-back NFC Championship games. That means something. Now they got blown out essentially both times, but that, uh, the, the second one in Tampa Bay it was, it was a close game for a while. But with that being said, no one's saying, "Hey, Matt Lafleur, you got to go." But you're absolutely right. Like, like with Budenhoser in Milwaukee, like you know what kind of talent they have. Extremely talented team. You have the back-to-back MVP. But you're right. Where I feel like if Milwaukee doesn't at least go to the finals and hopefully win it, because you know I'm a I'm a, I'm a homer through and through. Yeah, I think he's on the chopping block. I'm not saying that's right or wrong because, and, and much to what Kendrick Perkins wants to say, of the NBA is the hardest championship to win. I disagree. I would say the Lombardi Trophy is because it's more players. Um, a lot more injuries can happen. There's a lot more narratives. There's a lot more criteria. Whatever you want to say. I'm taking NFL all day. But it, it's still, it is difficult to win an NBA. It is hard when to get psyched up when the Brooklyn Nets have an essential all-star de- all-star team as a starting lineup. It was frustrating last year when you have arguably maybe the best player in the league in LeBron James. Oh, and Anthony Davis. You know, like, the, 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 that is a little frustrating, and it is hard to win. So, like, that's why when you have guys like Nick Nurse who take guys like Van Vliet and obviously had quiet Leonard, and they had Lowry, right? Or, yeah.
2: Oh, the the Raptors? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. and then yes, you they play. had Kyle Lowry.
1: Yeah, Kyle Lowry. Because I can't remember if he was hurt in the playoffs or not, but he wasn't. No, he no, was, he was uh, good. He was, well, he
2: was hurt, but he still played.
1: Um, he still played. That's right. That's right. That's right. When you have guys like that and you can still win a championship, yeah, that's definitely on coaching. So that, to me, is what NBA teams are looking for now. They're looking for that Nick Nurse. I think Brad Stevens, great coach. I think Boone Boonhoser, great coach. But if you're not winning the big one, then what are we talking well, about?
2: To me, man? it kind of shows you. I mean, you know, you take the Sixers situation, one of the better teams in the East last year, but then you add Doc Rivers, and now they're the best team in the East. Yeah. You know, like it's just those little things that can maybe make that push. Now, obviously, being the best team in the East during the regular season, like, cool, whatever. Let's see how it works out in the playoffs. But, you know, it is little things like that that can just take that next step.
1: You know, let's shift topics a little bit here. We're, gonna, I mean, obviously, big day-to-day NBA, Warriors, Lakers, Steph Curry, LeBron James, maybe 80% LeBron James, 75% LeBron James. Who knows how healthy he is? doesn't really matter. It's going to be must-see TV. Uh, yeah, I'm going to be watching AEW Dynamite, but there's going to be on the split screen. It's definitely going to be uh, that playoff game as well. But let's transition to the Jacksonville Jaguars here a little bit because I've been hitting refresh on the, on the Twitter feed. You know, I've been watching ESPN and listening to sports radio and everything like that. And there is still no announcement on Tim Tebow. Now, I know what you're going to say. Well, Austin, is it really that big of a deal? Because you said yourself he's a third string to fourth string tight end or maybe a fullback. It is what it is, but it's not that big of a deal. And absolutely, it is not that big of a deal. But let's be honest who we're talking about here. This is a guy who still finds himself in headlines on the national media. This is a guy who is very polarizing. And in my opinion, one of the only guys in the NFL who could play third string tight end and be warranted to talk about. But when we talk about Tim Tebow, obviously right now it's not about the skill set, it's the distraction, it's the conversation. Now, we can have a Tim Tebow – we can go to Tim Tebow's hometown, which is obviously right down the road. We can go to his high school. We can interview everybody, and that's fine. But that's not the point. The point is, is as this drags out, how is this going to affect the team? Now, the easy answer would say, well, who really cares, right? I mean, they're in their off season right now. This guy finished up with rookie minicamp. You know, Tim Tebow taking his time, it, it is what it is. But here's my argument for that. What are you waiting on? If you're Urban Meyer, what are you waiting on? If you're Tim Tebow, what are you waiting on? Like, I guess I'm not seeing a big picture here of why he hasn't been signed yet or why it hasn't been official that he's not going to sign. Because the roster last time I checked is at 89 right now after the Jacksonville Jaguars released Rockwell Armstead. And if you want to talk about a competitive advantage – trying to set him up for success in Tim Tebow. Well, then one would think the, the the sooner you get him on the team and ingrained in the locker room and in all that stuff, the better. But my question is, what what is the holdup? Because I, I honestly, I, I don't know. And this is a big question for me because we, we've heard rumors. Well, maybe it's the coaches. Maybe some coaches don't agree. Okay, but how long is this deliberation going to take? Is this like, you know, 12 angry men right now? And, and they're all in the room and they're going back and forth. Well, should we sign Tim Debo? Should we not sign Tim Debo? And in which case I'm wondering how much time and energy are we going to spend on a third string tight end? Like, I just want to make a decision and be done with it one way or the other. It, 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 there's no way it should be out, this, this drawn out process, because let's be honest, over a third string tight end, when has this process ever been drawn out this much? In any really roster transaction, who a guy who's a free agent, hey, do you want him? No, we're good. Okay, we're not going to sign him. Hey, do you want him? Yeah, let's go get him. Okay, sounds good. Sometimes there's money involved. But this isn't a money situation, obviously. He's not going to command a, a large portion of the salary cap. So wh- what? what's the holdup?
2: Could there be a, what am I uh, not seeing? Could there be a potential disagreement in the building of whether or not to go forward with it?
1: Well, and that's what I was getting at. Like, to me, it's 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 one it's one of two things, and I, I think Brent may disagree with me a little bit, but I think it's either the player, not all the players are in on it, which I don't know if, why they wouldn't be. You know, I, mean, I don't think it's that big a deal, Coops. I'll be honest with you, we're in the off season right now. Players are still on vacation. You know, they're, they're working out and stuff, but like, it's still the off season technically. Right? It's the spring. Y- your mind's not wrapped around 100% football, no matter what you put on Twitter and Instagram and all this stuff. Your mind's in other things right now. So like, I- I'm not really sure if that locker room is, is so hellbent on saying, no, no, no Tim Tebow. So it's either that or it's the coaches. Because once again, Urban Meyer wants Tim Tebow. One would assume if he's been training, if he's been working out, you know, getting ready for this, obviously Tim Tebow wants to play tight end. So if Urban Meyer wants him and Tim Tebow wants to play, then we're missing something. Now, if the Jaguars announce, like, some crazy thing and they're going to use the Tim Tebow news to, to, you know, block that, yeah, I'm going to lose my mind a little bit, okay? I'm, I'm going to put my tinfoil hat on a little bit. I don't think that's the case. I just don't know what you're waiting for. I, I honestly don't. Um, Once again, maybe it's something bigger that I'm not seeing. I don't like that we're having this conversation once again over a third-string tight end, but it it deserves to be warranted because this has been going on now since the draft. There's been rumors speculating that the Jaguars are going to sign him since the NFL draft. And how long ago was that? And we're still on this thing right now? So to me, the longer this process takes, regardless if he's going to be on the team or not, the more it's got to make you kind of raise eyebrows a little bit and ask, well, what's going on in that stadium? Because I have a hard time believing that they just signed him and they're just going to wait for that perfect moment. You know, they're just going to announce it. I, I don't know. Maybe they're going to wait till Friday at 316 to announce it. No, man. For what? Like, th- th- this it's, it's not a cash grab. You don't need to sell any more tickets. Right? You got Trevor Lawrence. You got, or you got Urban Meyer. You have the must-see attraction. Okay? Yes, Tim Tebow will, will put, you know, butts in seats for the most part. Don't get me wrong. But, like, to me, it's not worth sitting on. If you sign the guy, then sign the guy. If he doesn't want to get signed, then don't sign him. It's just what, It's just a question I'm raising, so man.
2: So what side of it does it lean on more that, that it's taking so long, that it's less likely he'll be signed or more likely that he'll be signed? <sighs> that's, that's a great question, Kuz. I'll be honest. The longer
1: that it takes, the more it it raises the eyebrows that he's not going to sign. Because you would think that if he's excited to sign and so is Urban Meyer, then he's going to be here tomorrow. Like, that's the sense that you get. But I also think this is the Urban Meyer show. And I think Urban Meyer is going to trust his word over anybody else's. Now, this may cause some blowback and whatnot, but I think Urban Meyer um, is running the show, obviously. And if he's running the show, then I expect Tim Tebow to be here. Cause he, cause he wants Tim Tebow here. Because Tim Tebow wants to be here. Now, I, I don't know if it's gonna be like we were told with Chris Doyle where it's like, well, you know, after, after some talking, we figured out the distraction was gonna be too much, yada, 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 and now he's not gonna come here. No, it's not like that at all. Cause let's be honest. You're Urban Meyer. You've dealt with Tebow Mania before. If you really think that, hey, man, you know what? It's crazy the reaction that, that Tim Tebow is getting. It's crazy how ESPN has talked about Tim Tebow. ESPN 690 has talked about Tim Tebow for like three or four straight days now. I didn't anticipate, um, you know, all this all this hype. And I'll be honest, in my position, I didn't anticipate it either. But if you're Urban Meyer and you say, hey, we can't bring Tim Tebow in because we can't handle the distraction. What are we doing then? You know what? Are, what are we doing? Where you're gonna let a? You can't bring a guy in because he's a third, you know, string tight end at the moment, and it's too much distraction. Like that's not an excuse. I don't think Urban Meyer would stand for that. So it just it echoes the question. You know what? What is the holdup? What are the conversations like in the locker rooms and obviously in those coaches' meetings? And if we'll have some clear answer by the end of the week, I still think he's coming here. Because, once again, you have a roster spot to fill, so it might as well be the tight end position because it is lacking right now. So I still think he's coming here, but time will tell. Kuz, you know, me leading the show right now, I accidentally, I think I missed there the 311. Are,
2: there are some upset people, yes.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and, and you know what, with all due respect to 311 and 311 and their fans, I feel like if I upset you, you're going to forgive me, because I don't feel like they're, they're, they're like the most violent bunch. They're chill people. They're very chill people. They're very understanding people. Um, You know, and then the very good vibes, just, you know, hanging out kind of people. Don't want to throw any kind of drug references into it, because I like 311, I oh, don't sure, do drugs. Yeah. All right, well, let's be honest. There's, there's a certain type of brand that 311 attracts. There is a vibe. A vibe. Fantastic. Hey, you know what? Attractor vibe, Attractor tribe. That mm-hmm. that that was on my wife's T-shirt two days ago. In case you were curious. <laughs> hey, let's get some new T-shirts. Uh, anyways, let's, let's go to caller number three. Call the yeah. show right now. Nine zero four three six two nine nine zero one star star six ninety. Caller number three, you got yourself a pair of three eleven tickets, compliments of ESPN six ninety. When we come back here, hopefully we get Brent Martineau on the phone on the horn. We'll see. And just what did Justin Cousar get for his birthday? What is in that PGA Tour box? If it's a PGA Tour gift, I'm not going to care, but we'll still talk about it next year on ESPN 690.
0: Brent Martineau. Well, listen, if we wanted to just bump WWE by, like, a half hour or a few minutes, we should have just rolled your your highlight tape. Austin Lane. Oh, and there it is. And now Brent's playing ball. All
1: of a sudden, Chapman throwing some high heat at me. Watch out for that suspension, Brent. Real quick, though.
0: <laughs> Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. It was really important to our guys to play well. You know, again, I, I give our guys a ton of credit. Um, it has not always been roses, right? Like, and, and they've had to answer a bunch of stuff. and um, And it has been hard missing people all year. And our guys have just stayed with it, and they've just stuck together. And if they, if they wouldn't have, you wouldn't have seen them play like they did tonight.
1: It's got to be Bradley Stevens, right, Cruz? Yep. Yeah, I'll go one for one there. Yeah, I mean, once again, I counted them out. I thought it was the Wizards game to win. I think a lot of experts did as well. But lo and behold, what do I know? Welcome back to ESPN 690. Action Sports, Jackson, Austin Lane. Kuz pushing all the right buttons. Brent Martin will be here momentarily. Might have just let the cat out of the bag. So apparently the box that you received, Kuz, is not yours.
2: Unless she got me, like, prize packs. You Maybe. know what I mean? Yeah. Then then No. I don't think so.
1: All right. Well, then do you remember when I said that there should be a, some something coming for you that will be in my or Brent's name?
2: Well, that's what I think This, these, these, every balloon in Jacksonville is. Oh, okay. That's, so, yeah, that's I think you're good. Got you. Yeah, okay. I think you're
1: good. So then she, she got your balloons for your birthday? Yes. Okay. I think so. <laughs> cake or
2: anything? Well, she made cake last night. Actually, we Didn't got- did bring any of that in? So, Well, we haven't eaten it yet. Mm, okay, go You know on. what I mean. Sorry, like, yeah, go on. yeah, but yeah. but um, she had, we actually got a big like cake mixer thing, appliance for our uh, wedding. Yes. So she was excited to make cake out of that for the first time. I will say though, we live in an apartment and we are running out of space. Like we we don't have room. The the toaster, the well, the. And, the and hair how did she fryer. like the toaster? Huh? How did she like the toaster? She loved it.
1: Loved it. Loved it. Have you guys toasted anything since you toasted the bread I here made here, another
2: yeah. uh, tomato and pickle sandwich last night after Dude, dinner. Come on, man.
1: Okay. <laughs> Anyways, please continue. Sorry.
2: Yeah. So I did that. Um. But between between the mixer, the toaster, the Keurig, yes. the air fryer, yes. we're running out of room. Okay. You know what I mean? Like yeah. we there's, no, uh, there's not a lot of kitchen space in that apartment. That's
1: the, that's the joys of the wedding, man. You know, you you get all the gifts now. Depending what that open bar is going to be looking like, especially if I'm going to show up to us, <laughs> Depending what that you know, what kind of catering you got here,
2: Coos? What kind of menu I, are we talking about? I have no idea. Uh, there's steak. I know that. And that's all that mattered to we, me.
1: We talking oh, my man. Uh, we talking like prime rib or no filet. Uh, filet mignon. Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay.
2: No more. No. Rib roast for coons. We're no. talking
1: filet mignon.
2: Filet, although uh, they didn't, for whatever reason, asparagus wasn't allowed to come with the filet. Eh, that's whatever. Huh? I, nope, I told him. I was like, I want, oh, wow. I want asparagus with my filet.
1: You're going with asparagus? Okay.
2: I love asparagus.
1: Cream spinach is also a winner as well. <clears throat> you're, you're, you're a cream spinach guy? I'm not a
2: big spinach guy. Cream spinach? In general, have, spinach. Be
1: honest, have you tried cream spinach before?
2: I. No. I have had spinach, see, spinach. Yeah, uh, and I've had broccoli, like Popeye, and then I've had broccoli know? and cheese,
1: and then I had cream spinach, and it's just <laughs> different, man. It's it's a different ball game. I'm going to bring okay. some. But that's going to be your gift. I had something else in mind. I'm giving you a whole big thing of cream spinach. I'm going to pour <laughs> that on your plate during the sir or during the rehe or whatever you call it, the reception. Yeah. Uh, and you're going to try that cream spinach out. Getting back on topic, <laughs> and down the in the realms of football a little bit. Let's be honest, everybody. As far as the, the trending stories, they're a little few and far between right now. Yeah, the Aaron Rodgers saga is still taking place. What's going to happen with the Sean Watson? But obviously right now, sports people, they're, they're, they're desperate for content. They're desperate to, to analyze something else to get a conversation started. And I actually did a little homework and I came across an interesting article by Connor Orr, uh, of Sports Illustrated. And what he did is that he took, you know, the analytics, um, you know, the the rosters, the personnel, the coaching, and he compiled that in the, the, the five rookie quarterbacks. And he ranked by grade and by percentage how successful their rookie seasons are gonna go, um granted to the environment, granted to the teams that these players are drafted to. So what have we talked about a lot? We've talked about how Trevor Lawrence coming to a pretty solid offensive line. And once again, when you have a quarterback that can uh, play at a high level, that immediately elevates the offensive line. So you're not worried there. Then we're talking about a wide receiving core that, you know, just got upgraded possibly with Travis Etienne. You know, you have Colin Johnson coming back who – could be an X factor down the line. LaVisca Chenault, we'll see what kind of role he has. You went after Marvin Jones, so that's an upgrade. And you still have DJ Chart coming back, uh, who probably now has a better quarterback. So there's a lot to like in the receiving game. Tight ends, we've been over this, right? We don't need to beat a dead horse here. Yes, the tight ends are the tight ends. They are what they are. And then as far as the running game's concerned, you're bringing back James Robinson over a 1,000 yards. Probably should have been a pro bowler last year. And then you're going to compliment him with Travis CTM. And you have a head coach in Urban Meyer who's an offensive-minded guy. So there's a lot to like about the odds of Trevor Lawrence having success right away. Much to my surprise, and I'm about to break this list down, Trevor Lawrence right now is currently third on the list of he's going to actually have success in the NFL compared to the other four peers um, that are in this article. Let's go for this step-for-step here, and let's see if he's right. So coming overall, who's going to have the most success right away in the NFL? And this was actually, if you want to go back to, I think, the December or the January show. This was a while ago. I said that Trey Lance is going to be Rookie of the Year. Now, this is this is before that because I didn't know Trevor Lawrence was coming to Jacksonville. I assumed the Jaguars were going to get Justin Fields. So it was before that. So it might have been November. But I predicted that Trey Lance would be Rookie of the Year because I thought that maybe he was going to go to San Francisco. Maybe I was right. Maybe I should have put some money down and uh, bought a new house, but I didn't do that, and now I'm stuck in the house that I'm in. I don't have a backyard fireplace, but that's okay. Anyways, Trey Lance, overall, number one, 9.25. Those are just numbers to me. Don't know what that means, but let's take a look at what, what he says about it. His surrounding weapons are an 8 out of 10. Coaching prowess, 9 out of 10. Organizational health, 10 out of 10. Offensive line, 10 out of 10. I do agree right now, and the the, the the final part of this, this is a dream scenario for a quarterback, especially since Lance spent time with Shanahan pupil John Beck during the pre-Jeff process and already has a handle on the playbook. Yeah, I think it's hard to, to deny that Trey Lance found himself in the best situation possible. Just because he's not expected to play right away, number one. So that's a plus. Now that doesn't count towards this list, but it goes to show you that San Fran's good right now if Trey Lance doesn't go in, assuming Jimmy Garoppolo can stay healthy. When that team is healthy, they're special. Yes, they're in a very hard division, and they could theoretically finish last place in that division. But when you have the offensive genius of a Shanahan, and I'm a huge fan of him because he mixes old-school compliments with new-school compliments, jet sweeps to, you know, read quarterback read to George Kittle on a fly route, like, he does a lot of interesting things. But when you do mix that talent and you're a young quarterback, like if I'm Trey Lance, I would probably celebrate more than anybody going to San Francisco just because I think they're that great of a team. Uh, you know, now say what you want about John Lynch as a GM. I think he's doing a, a pretty dang good job. All right. Say what you want about last year with the injuries and everything. But when San Fran's on, they're pretty solid. So actually, lo and behold, I do agree so far with this article. I think Trey Lance has the best chance to be successful right off the get-go. Ironically, he may be the last player to actually get playing time because that team is so good even without him where maybe Jimmy Garoppolo can hold down this season. Second guy, and coming from a 9.25 ranking, this is a 9 ranking. Mac Jones, New England Patriots. Let's check it out. Surrounding weapons, he got a 7. Coaching prowess, ten. No kidding. Organizational health, he got a ten. Offensive line, he got a nine. Okay. Mac Jones finds himself in a situation as well where he doesn't he's probably not gonna be counted on to play right away. And that's gonna benefit him, obviously. But when we look at the New England Patriots and what we saw last year, yes, they have upgraded. You bring in Nelson Aguilar. Julian Edelman retired, but let's be honest, Julian Edelman last year had him in fantasy football. Wasn't really doing that much. He had one great game against the Seahawks, it seemed like, and then he kind of fell by the wayside. You upgrade at the tight end position, which has always been a Bill Belichick MO, right? You you bring in guys like Hunter Henry and John U. Smith, so that's going to help. Um, the running game has always been the running game, but even if I feel like last year a little bit, you know, they're a little banged up, but like Sony Michel... I don't think was the guy that we expected him to be last year. James White, you know, last year it was what it was. Um, you know, I, I think the run again could be in question a little bit. Uh, and then when it comes to coaching, you know what you're getting with Bill Belichick. One of the best by any means going to win. Okay, fine, fantastic. But when we take all those things into account, to me it comes down to weapons. And I get it. Connor Orr ranked the weapons of, of the Patriots at a seven. But, like, It's not like Justin Herbert had. Justin Herbert had Hunter Henry last year. He had Keenan Allen. He had Austin Eckler for the most part of the year before he got hurt. Um, He had Mike Williams going deep. Like, he had a pretty good situation. Offensive line could have been better, but the weapons that he had, you saw the confidence. And then with Joe Burrow, what did Joe Burrow have? He had, you know, uh, I think Tyler Boyd. Is it Tyler Boyd or Tyler Boyd? I want to say it's Tyler Boyd. One of the best, one of the most underrated slot guys in the game. Right up there with Jamison Crotter. In terms of underrated slot guys, Boyd is either one A or one B next to Crowder, in my opinion. And then you got guys like T. Higgins that came in. Obviously, the the the, the you know the the, the back nine. A. J. Green did a little bit, but then you have Mixon in the, in the run game as well. He had weapons, but what didn't he have? An offensive line. Now, when he had the weapons firing all cylinders, Burrow was putting up big numbers. So I don't think the two spot is the right spot for Mac Jones. This is where I would have put Trevor Lawrence, honestly. Because I'm I, I'm that confident in the receivers. I'm that confident in the offensive line. And I'm that confident in Urban Meyer getting the best out of Trevor Lawrence right away. Nevertheless, the coaching prowess of Bill Belichick uh, remains king. And it pushes Mac Jones over Trevor Lawrence. Number three. And this is where Trevor Lawrence comes in. Now keep this in mind. You go from Mac Jones, who's number nine to Trevor Lawrence, who's a 7.25. Once again, what do these numbers mean? I have no idea. But you got your boy Trevor Lawrence sitting in third. Surrounding weapons. This is blatant disrespect in my opinion. Surrounding weapons was a 6. A 6 out of 10. Coaching prowess, 7 out of 10. Organizational health, 9 out of 10. Offensive line, 7 out of 10. Read no further than the first one in offensive weapons. A 6 out of 10. Whose run game are you taking right now, the Patriots or the Jaguars? Jaguars. Who's What wide receivers are you taking right now, the Patriots or the Jaguars? With all due respect to Nelson Aguilar, I'm taking the Jaguars. Offensive line, obviously advantage Patriots, tight ends, advantage Patriots. But to me, it's close. To, to me, it's very close. To me, it's not a six. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I think there's a lot more to like from these wide receivers where you give Trevor Lawrence a little more respect of what he has as weapons. Nevertheless, 7.25 finishing third. Here's what Conor had to say about uh, Trevor Lawrence. Working against Lawrence is the lack of an, an immediate weapon. Unless Jacksonville finds itself in the Zach Ertz market, all of a sudden Lawrence will have to make do with the talented and underrated wideout trio of Marvin Jones, DJ Chark, LaVisca Shenault. We're betting on Daryl Bevel and Brian Schottenheimer to work in fellow first-round selection Travis Etienne in a way we have not seen from running backs in the past, which is hard to wrap our head around at the moment. I understand right now there could be some scrutiny with Urban Meyer. Okay? It- Maybe he came in the league a little bit and he wasn't liked by some. So be it. That's what happens. You know, there's going to be haters. I understand that the whole dialogue of of Travis Etienne in, in the slot or whatever, getting out receiver reps, that's going to rub some people the wrong way. Once again, that was the first rookie minicamp. We'll see what that's all about. But where it stands right now, I'm going to trust Urban Meyer with it. I'm going to trust Urban Meyer with offensive weapons until he gives me a reason not to. Because say what you want about some other decisions that he's made, right, with some of the staff, that you know, the guy from Iowa who got fired in a couple days, whatever the case may be. If I'm going to trust Urban Meyer on one thing, it's how to run a solid offense. Because the track record, more than anything, in Urban Meyer has showed that he knows how to put up points, he knows how to utilize his players, and he knows how to win ball games. So I'm going to trust him. Down that line. But when we come back, we got two other remaining guys. Where does Justin Fields sit? Is he the next guy in line? And where does Zach Wilson sit? Number two overall, going to New York. What are they looking like? We'll break that down more here next on ESPN 690. I'll tell you what I would really love to do, just in general, and I've talked to Sheila about this. I I don't think we're going to be able to do it, but I would love to literally just have a pet line. Yes. Just just a legit pet line on a chain, a big (laughs) chain, and he just, he really is my pet. We just walk around the building. We go out to practice. We're in seven-on-seven. We're behind the kicker when he's kicking. We're just... (laughs) There we are on the sidelines. Yeah, yeah. You should. You know what you should do is you should get you should get two of them and put them on each sideline and just teach the guys not to go out of bounds. Don't try to be. Don't don't avoid contact. And I, on command, you could train him like if one of your groups isn't doing well, you could just take him over to their section (laughs) and just have him take a dump right there in the middle of where their (laughs) section is at, and then bring him on back. I mean, think about it. Be outstanding.
0: I was thinking at first, like, is this like a Lane Kiffin thing? Oh no, I, I know, I know
1: exactly who that guy is. Who is, is. it? It's Dan Campbell. It's got to be Dan Campbell. He's the craziest That's coach uh, in the NFL. Just yeah. see that he said he would, he would rip off his arm to win a Super Bowl, like if it came down to it, and he had the option to go to the Super Bowl, he would rip off his arm to do that. That's what he said. Now Mike Vrabel once said on a podcast, yes, that he would sacrifice a piece of his manhood to go to the Super Bowl pretty aggressive. Yes. To win a Super Bowl, I hope. To, not to just uh, probably to win a Super At Bowl, that I would point, hope.
2: point I want to win, I don't just <laughs> yeah.
1: I think Dan Campbell said to go to a Super Bowl, if I'm not mistaken.
0: Uh, let's finish
1: the deal here.
0: Dan Campbell, <laughs> you're crazy. If you're going to finish the deal, finish the yeah, deal. No, for sure, for sure, finish the <laughs>
1: race. But you know uh, what with Dan Campbell, I believe it. I, I bet he would.
0: I probably the guy's crazy. I mean, can he any it just seems like he's nineteen fifties football. Yeah. And I don't know if that works. We'll talk about that later with like Tony LaRoussa. I mean, does it yeah. work anymore, you know? Yeah. Uh and I think it's curiosity. Go ahead, finish it off, man. Justin Fields and who? What do we got? This Conner So Trevor just to recap Wilson. what uh, Mac Jones was number two. I'm assuming Zach Wilson was number one? No, no, no. Who was number one? Trey Lance was number one. Oh, Lance was set
1: up uh, number one. Lance was number one. Uh, Mac Jones, number two. Trevor Lawrence, number three. Number four coming in is Justin Fields. Uh, surrounding weapons is a five, which is really surprising. Keep in mind, I mean, this is the most important, I feel like, criteria because it's at the top. Surrounding weapons for Justin Fields, five. Uh, they, they really hit on Allen Robinson, I guess. Coaching prowess is a seven. Organizational health is a six. And offensive line is a six which is very surprising because I feel like, once again, Justin Fields is not a guy that you have to bring in right away. Because you get the sense, like I don't think, once again, Andy Dalton will see. But you get the sense that you're at least a little confident with what Andy Dalton has to work with. I mean, he's got a p- decent offensive line. He's got a pretty solid running game. He's got weapons at wide receiver. I'm, I'm a little confused of why their surrounding weapons is ranked so low at number five, like five five out of ten, that would be.
0: Yeah, and uh, again, Allen Robinson is a bona fide, guy to throw the football to so I guess they just don't like what Chicago has in general didn't sound like they like their offensive line their coaching was just okay and yeah and well, and then the definition goes, the major question in
1: Chicago is how long a rope with Ryan Payson, Nagy, truly have. True. Imagine, well, for really, example. The major
0: question is how long a rope does Andy Dalton have? Well, and that too. <laughs> That's the bigger question.
1: For sure. But imagine, for example, the Bears have an underwhelming season in 2021 and ownership decides to move on. All of a sudden, Fields would go from promising player to quarterback barreling toward Dar- Darnold territory, which is not a bad point. Where a steady stream of new thinkers enter the fold and complicate the developmental process, of course, that should not affect his potential in 2021 success ratings. Here, That's not a bad point. Where you're Justin Fields and you almost gotta get on the field because if you don't, well then new regime comes in, what happens? They bring in their guys and maybe they don't believe in you too
2: much. Yeah,
0: it's a good call. The other the only the thing that makes it a little less relative to Darnold is Darnold played and played poorly at times too, and they suffered and didn't win. So it's like his resume as what he showed was very incomplete and at times not good. Hmm. So I know there's still a belief and I don't think he's a bad necessarily as bad as he appeared in New York. They didn't put much around him. So he was put up uh, in, a, in a position to fail, most likely. So, like, I get it. But I think after one year, I mean, what's the max that f- – Fields, if he doesn't start, he's going to play, like, 12 games. Probably max. Yeah. So you're going to be a very small sample. Not to know, that man. point, you might bring in a coach that didn't really value him much, like, in the draft process anyway, right? So I, I, it, it can happen. Yeah, I see a guy like Matthew
1: Stafford, who is arguably a top-eight quarterback in the NFL. And a new regime comes in, and they trade him away. Now, you got a lot of uh, him, but true, still.
0: But he also survived, like, four regimes. Sure, but I mean he's still a good top eight quarterback, you yeah. still traded him away. Yeah, I, th- I think that was a little bit about the health of the future down the road because of all the money tied to him. So yeah, who's last?
1: Okay. Zach Wilson's last. Uh surrounding weapons got a six, coaching prowess got a six, organizational health got a three, offensive line got a five. I guess I don't even know what the definition of organizational health is. I know what you but it that's was interesting though, one.
0: because like Jags when you said it were nine out of ten, right? In organizational health. Correct.
1: So maybe how much the owner is behind? Well, you, no, I think
0: I think ownership, I think draft capital, I think free agent the money to spend. Jacks will have the most money to spend in free agency, like when yep. it comes around next year. Yeah, uh, they're positioned nicely, I guess, in that regard. I don't know the Jets as much, but uh, they obviously don't have as much respect for the Jets organization with all the what they have and can do. Yeah, um, and didn't even have as much ges- uh, respect for Salah as Urban Meyer. And I think Sala is going to be really good there. Or yeah, do. absolutely. So. There you go. There's your takeaway. There it is. Trevor Lawrence. Debate, Debate amongst, amongst a little surprising. Yeah. I People mean, value yeah, but Kyle he's... Shanahan so much. He's he's now overtaken McVay in yeah. that regard. Been to a Super Bowl. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, I mean, I think he's earned it. You know, he's actually been to a couple as a play well, caller. Yeah, for know? sure. But as a head coach, I mean, as a leader, he's been to a Super Bowl. Yeah. But, I mean, is it magic that Trey Lance is going to be great because he's around him? Jimmy Garoppolo hasn't been great.
1: No, but I think just the situation that he finds himself in is the best one. When yeah. you have probably the best offensive line out of the five teams, you yeah. probably have
0: the best tight end out of the five teams. You have a lot of stars to Wide both receivers, sides of the ball. Yeah. Good uh, coaching. Hey, 4 o'clock hour. Let's do it. We'll be back. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. Happy birthday, Kuz!